What's up, this is Booker T, five-time champ. And this is Stevie Ray, ten-time world tag team champ. Make sure you check out that way cool wrestling show. Now, can you dig that? If you can dig that, then you can dig this, sucker. Hey, everybody, welcome to that way cool wrestling show. My name is Stevie Ray, along with Charles Gemini Gregory. The Grand Oswald Jackson and Mad Mark Lindsay, we welcome you to another show right here. Remember, you can join us on Facebook at That Way Cool Wrestling Show and on the website at ThatWayCoolWrestlingShow.com. As always, we appreciate your support and always ask you, please share it to all the wrestling fans out there. The more people that watch us, the more shows we can do for you. So we do appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, when you watch wrestling, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. And when you go to a show live, you're basically seeing only part of it. A lot of us would go to see a show, and if it was taped, go home and watch that same show again. Why? Because of the announcers. The announcers are the narrators of the show. They're the ones that are moving that storyline along. And we're going to talk about them today. All the different announcers that were out there. How it has changed over the years. It seems like wrestling, just once again, it's something that just grows and grows and grows and goes in different directions. And we're going to speak about some of our sick favorite announcers and announcers, <coughs> that type of thing. Um, Mark, let's go with you real quick. Sure. Growing up, what were some of the, your favorite announcers? We only had 25 minutes for the show, so uh, <laughs> I'll make it short and sweet. Um, NWA had to have been Jim Ross and Bob Coddle. Uh, oh, as, yeah. a, as, a, as a team, they, they, they were the commentators and announcers for three <coughs> of my favorite events. Uh, and then, of course, in the Vince Land uh, WBF, I always loved McMahon and Ventura. I thought they were a great yeah. tag. I mean, we're, I'm sure we're going to be discussing all the tandems that, that were there. But you, you touched upon it earlier. They told the story. They, they, they furthered along the storyline. And unfortunately, as I'm sure Chuck is going to, uh, to, to hammer on shortly, right now, they're not here to, to, to tell the storyline in the ring. They're not here calling moves. They're not here calling um, that actual match. They're promoting the main event. They're promoting the one, two, three, or four storylines that they want to shove down your throat. Yeah, and I that feel that guy? there's... I'm sorry? Who's that new guy right now they have? Byron Saxton? Is that him? No, no, no. The no, third no. guy on Raw? No, he sits in the middle. Of the, the new guy sounds like a... Um, he sounds like a commercial, really. One more show. Yeah, well, wrong. Well, let's see. There's Michael JBL, Cole? there's Cole, and there's Saxton. Byron Saxton. Might be SmackDown, man. Who's the ones on SmackDown? I don't want. Because SmackDown's together, man. But the, the fact Smackdown's is that these guys, these guys used to tell a story. The Jim Ross, the Gordon Solis, they told. They told. There's an arm bar. He has. He's really raking it in the arm bar. And. And you believe, oh wow, look, that guy's hurting him, and oh my gosh. Now they're just promoting, they're promoting the main event, they're promoting, and if you just tuned in, well, if you're a real fan, you're not just tuning in, you've been watching the whole time, you already saw, you don't need to recap, let's call the action in the ring, and I think you're doing a disservice to the wrestlers, mm -hmm. who were really trying to, to, to do the best they can to entertain the fans, both in the arena and at home, and you're really just doing them a disservice by not mentioning what's going on in the ring, and I just... We talked about the evolution of the finisher. Well, there's an evolution of the announcers, which I just, I'm not really a big fan of right now. I mean, I started off, obviously, seeing McMahon and Ventura. And, and then, obviously, Gorilla Monsoon was in there. Because, you know, heavily in our market, we had World Wrestling Federation. And then when JCP came in, 
Jim Crockett Promotions. Uh, that was my first look into Southern wrestling. And I was dealing with Tony Schiavone and David Crockett. Mm -hmm. David Crockett, at that time, I was like so annoyed by him because he was just so like Southern cocky and you know, he's like, you know, he would get up in the bad guys' faces and stuff like that. And I'm like, why are they smacking him? You know, stuff like that. And then when I think back to it now, I'm like, I really loved hearing him. I loved hearing him and Tony Schiavone together because the way they did it, it was just so cool. It, it gives me a feeling about Saturdays. You know, it gives me that warm feeling about Saturdays. And a thing, and it's kind of a weird thing, but I miss that they don't do anymore is the slow motion instant replay mm -hmm. at the end. Because to hear the announcer cap off the move and then how bad that dude is, you know, it was like an exclamation point to the match. You're like, like you, you were satisfied with what you got. Um, but yeah, like you said, you know, a lot of people say um, Gordon Soley, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, the Walter of, Cronkite of professional wrestling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. You know, and then you have guys like uh, McMahon, who in his own right was a great commentator. Mm -hmm. I loved hearing McMahon commentate. He can probably go out there now, honestly, and commentate very well. He might as well. He's in everybody's ear telling what to say anyway. You know what I mean? I, I, it would be a, a, a good turnaround mm -hmm. to have him doing it, you know? Um but, uh, and like you said, guys like Bob Cottle, and then you had, um, then there's guys on the other end of the spectrum that, you know, I've watched, like I've, I watched, used to watch World Class Championship Wrestling back Mark in the Lawrence. day. And um, Mark Lawrence mm -hmm. was a very monotone, very boring, <laughs> he seemed like he was on some sort of like Xanax, Xanax or some sort of a, like a drip in an IV <laughs> that was just keeping him at one turn. And he made exciting matches boring. So in that sense, it really, it's, it's, in that fact, it made, it, the announcer makes a big, big deal when it comes to telling that story, you know? And it's when he got, well, you know, I think if he was saying that tell the story, hyping people, Joey Styles. Yes. Oh, He'd take a match that was, just because of his voice, he'd take a match that was so so. By the time you watched it on TV, they're like, yo. Oh, oh my God! If I heard "Oh my God" one more time, <laughs> you know. But he was good. He Heenan would he would take you know, like a, a mid card match and make it look like a main event when he was uh, talking about Lawler's like that. Yes. Taz is like that. You know, there's a lot of guys that are, are very very good at what they do. You know, and it's I miss the coach. You know, when he went to yes, I really do miss I still love listening to the coach. <laughs> he was knowledgeable, but he just had that little thing, you know, the voice he had sounded like, you know, right. but he just had that. But now you just you touched know, on something, though, too, which was, uh, you know, guys like Heenan and Taz and Jerry King Lawler, guys who initially were workers, were workers mm -hmm. and now look what they did. They, they transitioned into a spot to tell the story. JBL. JBL's another JBL. one. Right now, right now. As Somebody Doc might, Hendricks, yes. As Doc Hendricks. <laughs> you know, you know who, who I feel that's going to be a, believe it or not, it's going to be a commentator one day, because if you ever listen to him outside and on shows, is Big Show, Paul White. Knowledgeable. 
presence. Yes. I'm hoping one day he's doing something like that. It's kind of hard when you're bigger than everyone there, but sitting down, it'd be perfect. You know, yeah, because they're all the same height. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like right now. Right. We're still talking about this. I'm not going to Last time, yes, he is <coughs> sitting on a dictionary. But besides that, uh, it makes me so knowledgeable. Uh, <laughs> well, it is close to your head. <laughs> Dave. Lord Alfred Hayes. Oh, there you go. Lord Alfred Hayes was a hell of an announcer. Every time he stepped in front of a camera, he had a mic in his hand, he would do his interviews. He would have you so fixated right there. You were right there yeah. with him. And you couldn't wait to see which way he was going to take that. Gorilla Monsoon. Mm -hmm. But see, I was always a Gorilla Monsoon fan. Yeah. That's, you can't help it. He was a gentle giant. But yes. you knew back when Gorilla was wrestling. He was Gorilla. He was Gorilla. You know? Gorilla guy, he had a voice. Very. Very, yes. very, very, very nice. easy. To, and that's a big thing because there's some guys out there you can't listen to. And we once talked about Mark Lawrence about a couple minutes ago. Um, but to have a voice that's easy on the ears, okay, knowledgeable, hence why having a former wrestler be a commentator works great. Lord Alfred Hayes was a former wrestler mm -hmm. as well. Uh, in most cases, these commentators are. That's why Jesse Ventura was so good. Jesse Ventura Jesse was fantastic. Well, here's one that wasn't good. If you guys go back and watch SummerSlam 88, um, I loved them as a wrestler. Superstar Billy Graham was not a great play-by-play -play guy. Yeah. He just didn't have the voice for it. He, he often meshed. And, you know, back in the day in the 80s and early 90s, you had the <coughs> Prism, uh, where the Philadelphia Spectrum Wrestling would be aired either the next day on Prism. Madison Square Garden had their network. And there were all these tours. It wasn't just one, one right. stop. They were in three or four different cities every night. So you had different announced teams, and you had the, the I think Brad Doherty's and and, and, and the um, Sean Sean Mooneyham or uh, Sean Mooney. Mooney Sean Mooney. I'm sorry. Thank you, Mike Mooneyham, and all these other guys, Todd Pettengills, and they they were good, but. They weren't Bobby Heenan and... and well, they were the house shows. Right. right. And, and, yeah. and, again, they called the, the action in the ring. They didn't promote the main event. They actually called the matches. And we're, we're missing that now. You know, JBL, you mentioned JBL, Chuck. And, and I was not a big fan of JBL as a wrestler. I, I, I admit it. But I do like him as a color commentator. And maybe it's because Vince allows him to go off script a little bit. But he always drops the NWA. He always name drops... Former wrestlers, and maybe he has the clout to do that, um, because I hear backstage he's a great guy, uh, a great mentor to a lot of uh, wrestlers. I, I like that. I like when they allow that because it shows the history. You know, a lot of these kids watching now, 10, 11 years old, they know, know. The, the John Cena's, they know your husband, and they don't know that that there's wrestlers before that paved the you way. Well, you got to get more. Oh, say with me. You think I didn't catch that? What's up? <laughs> it is on my head. <laughs> but you're saying, right now, we're you're saying 10, 11, 12 years old. You've got some 18, 19, 20-year-olds that don't know the history. So, right. And that's the nature of the fans nowadays and what they look into. So in a sense like that, having someone that could, you know, educate people that are watching it. you got to remember, I mean, yeah, it's sports entertainment. And world wrestling entertainment is really pushing that versus... Some of the other stuff. But at the end of the day, it's wrestling. <coughs> you know what I mean? And there's reasons why we're watching this. Mm -hmm. You know, They didn't come up with sports entertainment two years ago. Right. You know what I mean? It's 
the evolution of program. See, one wrestling. of the guys to help usher usher into this what we call the world wrestling entertainment bubble. Right. Nobody's ever come close to mentioning yet, and that was Mean Gene Okerlund. Mean Gene, when he stepped in there, he had the perfect voice. He was always dressed the way he was supposed to, and he, most of the guys he was way looking up to, so he had that, let me tell you, what is you going to do, and what's happening with this, and this, that, and his excitement yes. would increase your level of excitement. Mm -hmm. Anytime Mean Gene had an interview with Hulk Hogan, you couldn't tell me you didn't get excited. Before Hulk, you know what Mean Gene and brothers and sisters and all that kind of jazz. Mean Gene got you hyped. Mm -hmm. And he always directed well, too. I mean, uh, watch, watch a Macho Man promo. Mm -hmm. uh, back right. in, When he's throwing the, the, I'm the cream of the crop. And, and, and exactly. Always around. And, and like you said, he would make Rey Mysterio look like he was six feet tall. You know, he, was, he, he used his size, and he made all the other wrestlers that much bigger, that much better, and, and got them all over as well. One of the, may you say, the greatest, worst promos and interviews was the Ultimate Warrior, you know? <laughs> and when he was high, went off on a tangent, talking about the atmosphere. And, He's and gone, the, man. Uh, wait a minute, we're talking about that now. Oh. I'm just saying, back then, even I didn't know what he was talking about, like... He's see, talking about comets and, and... But see, that's and, the thing. That's what I'm talking about. Mean Gene. Gene Okerlund. Everybody knew him. He would get in there, welcome to da-da-da-da-da show, and we're here at da-da-da-da-da, and we're doing this, and let me welcome in the ultimate warrior. And he would come in, and the little warriors, and, and the stars, and the moon, and the sky, and the mountains, and all that kind of jazz. And Mean Gene would have this look on his face. <laughs> I remember it. Yeah. Growing up. Well, I'm thinking about the it. The look on his face like, was the, the same look on our face, but it made you believe it. That's one of those, this guy oh, is really out there. So, like, the way all of us look when Dan talks about his ring, right? Like, <laughs> really? Oh, oh, sorry, buddy. You know, I'm really? Just, you know, what are you going to do? Huh? You know? And just like, it's I'm, bad. It's bad when the cameraman is shaking his head. I'm all right. He knows I'm right. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm just saying. I digress. We need to give Mean Gene a lot more credit than he gets over the years. I mean, they say he was a shill for Hogan, and he was placed in a position to put the man where he was. Mm -hmm. But Mean that Gene did. Mean Gene did it for a lot more than just Hogan. And they they sit up there and they have them here together. But it was more than that. I remember him doing the one with Ravish and Rick Rude. Remember Rick Rude? Yes! He started cussing by accident. He got well, the, sign, the SummerSlam yes. sign dropped remember in the background. Yeah, remember he started cussing? Like, Rick Rude, he, he left gimmick and went to himself, but he was always part of his gimmick. Mm -hmm. But it was pretty funny because I was like, did he just say that? Like this. But Gene had this look like, oh, he done lost his mind. Like this. And I don't know why they aired it, but I was like, but even Gene was like, okay, you know, like this. But if you think about it, Gordon Sully used to do that sometimes. Yes. Remember? Gordon Sully would look at guys like, right. you know, yeah. like this, you know. And, and that's what made him so great along with his voice. <laughs> you uh, mentioned Gordon Sully. Gordon Sully's voice. You mentioned Gordon Sully. I recently watched uh, Star Kid 89 on the, uh, on the network, which is the best $10 I spend a month, I'm not going to lie. 
and I want that's okay. I, okay. I'm doing it for free. Okay. And at the end of Star Kid '89, there's an interview with Gordon Soley and the Road Warriors, and Animal goes, "We're not like the NFL. Will we wrestle 11 minutes per game? We're wrestlers, and we were." And Gordon Soley's like, "Okay, dude." <laughs> and here's this guy because we're all like watching it. We're like, "Wait, will he say it? Why is he saying this? Why is he going off on this tangent?" And here's the announcer, Gordon Soley, representing every fan at home who's, I guess, modern day media. He, he's the connection between the fans and the, and the yes. wrestlers. So we're like, yeah, what, what, what is he saying? And thank God he's, he asked, what are you, what are you doing? No, but there's, there's other, to me, there's other guys out there I wish that would come in and uh, attempt to be announcers. Like, um, believe it or not, I've, I've heard him speak. Uh, I believe he's a preacher now, or he's a, is uh, Nikita Koloff. You yes. hear him? I, he would be someone who carries himself extremely well. Well, wait, he's from Minnesota, but he still speaks with that Russian accent. Yeah, you know, but I, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would hey, love man, I, Arnold Schwarzenegger has been in this country for 60 years, and he killed Gavin Gideon Brownstock like this. But you understand what I mean? Come There's on, man. Does. I would Let love it go. But I Nikita mean, Koloff, Nikita Koloff, wonderful man. Wonderful man. Uh, I heard him speak in Minnesotan. And in Russian. <laughs> and he does great. He does both. Does both I know, I'm completely disjointed. But uh, someone I want to mention, though, and, and, and it's a little off, but it's still in the announcement category uh, that really growing up was a voice of wrestling, Howard Finkel. Yes, the Fink. Oh, you know, you don't think about him because he didn't do the interviews. Yeah. He didn't do, you know, commentary. But he was your ring announcer. Yes. For generations, mm -hmm. and th there is nobody that could fill Madison Square Garden like Howard Finkel. Okay, they came out with Lillian Garcia. They came out with I, the woman that was before Lillian, and I can't think of her name. Real big hair. She was world WWF. You know what I'm talking about. Right? I, I don't remember the name. She used to wear the tuxedo. Mm -hmm. You know, Gil McGurk. Isn't it McGurk? Yeah. Uh, something I think, uh, something McGurk. Something like that. Yeah. She was good. You know, as a female, and an well, was, was good. was old, dirty bastard. And then, um, see, I see, I don't know. I'm sorry. You made a smile a little much. I think it was Mike McGurk. Uh, you yeah, Mike McGurk. Mike McGurk. And, and, but Howard Finkel, and then you got guys over in like WCW, you had like, you have Gary Michael Capetta. Gary Michael Capetta, my man. You, have, you know, um, and there was others that... No, wait a minute, if you're going to talk about guys like that, and he should still be doing it, but he's doing that tough enough stuff and all that, is uh, Booker T. Booker T was a great announcer. Yes. A fantastic <laughs> announcer when you watched him. Once so, again, I mean, somebody that, that transitions well because of his knowledge. Yes. And, and he's, a, he's a teacher, too. He, he trains. Yes. So I and, think he gets... And he wasn't... And here's the deal, though. He wasn't afraid to get on the mic. Yes. You know? Now, that's not something you could sit there and necessarily say about Taz. Taz was a surprise for me. Because I didn't really see him as someone that was... I mean, he was confident enough to do his promos. Okay. Um, he didn't need a manager, mm -hmm. you know, and he did very simple promos. It wasn't elaborate. It wasn't an Arnie Anderson. But you also know, you know, when he went to the bigger shows, he had to right. because of his stature. Right. Because well, yeah. He couldn't be Taz because of his stature. Yeah, but before he was Taz, he was a Tasmaniac. And when he wrestled as a Tasmaniac, he got hurt. He hurt his neck against, I think, yeah. Scorpio and I um, right. can't remember who else in ECW. 
they introduced Taz. Uh, Joey Styles, you mentioned Styles earlier, said, we're going to uh, introduce blah, blah, blah. I guess Taz's real name. I don't know it. And here's this guy, and as a fan, we're watching this match with, uh, I think it was Dean Malenko at the time. And you're hearing Taz talk without knowing it was Taz. And then at the end of the show, Joey Styles and Taz are there. And they said, oh, and by the way, the voice that you heard was Taz. And Taz goes, and I'm coming back for my revenge. And, and I don't mean to make a storyline out of it, but, but Taz was so smooth that you didn't even know it was him because they didn't allow him to talk. That's where, that's where the gimmick stopped. And the man began. And the man mm -hmm. began. Right. We were just talking about this off yep. camera. That he is fantastic on the mic. Yeah. He is enjoyable to listen to. He's comical. And he's, he's smooth. He's smooth. smooth. And and he, he he's does he, he steals the show without trying to steal the show. Mm -hmm. Is what he does. Much like what JBL tries to do, I think. Uh, and Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes was another one. Now, see, Dusty Rhodes is was great on the mic, but there. I love to see him do promos more so than do commentary because there's only so much of Dusty I wanted to hear in that. I mean, Grant, I want well, to hear his. Dusty would tell you what the moves uh, were. Yes. Like, and Dusty would how tell bad you it's going to hurt. Oh, I know what that's like. You want to hit him in the belly, Willie. I understand that. But, you know, <laughs> you would at least get a blow by blow, play by play of the moves. You know? But now you got guys, now you had. And I think arguably one of the best teams of all time, which would be Monsoon and Heenan. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there's not a person out there, wrestling fan-wise, that didn't watch primetime wrestling and say, "I'm so, this is my Monday night." You know what I mean? Um, but I like. I mean, you, you said before, but Mantor and Man was really good. Too. The, the what they did. And, Mantora was a but show. But here's the deal about yeah, he was a Mantora, show. The cool thing about him was, is that he can go with anybody. Yeah. When he was with McMahon, yeah. it was priceless. When he was with Monsoon, it was priceless. Yes. When he was with Shabani, Shabani yeah. it was priceless. Mm -hmm. It never stopped because he really brought that. You know, he, his personality, I think he's one of the, the few that was able to be himself mm -hmm. and be that flamboyant and be Jesse the Body of Ventura. You know, I think that, that's a big part of who he is. Well, he always had the, yeah. that heelish tendency, but he, like, like in WCW, he loved Sting. He liked Sting. He liked Sting. Yeah. But he always supported the, the, the Dangerous Alliance, who was feuding with Sting. Yeah. So he, he, and he could pull that off. He could be that tweener, like, oh, Sting's using the ropes. How dare he? And then the next night, oh, Sting's cool. You know, me and him were talking. Other, it's like, okay. And he was himself. Like I said, he was right down the middle of the man who called it like it was. And, and, but I mean, in modern day, I mean, if I'm going to stick with one, Shivani was always my favorite. Always my favorite. I don't, it's just something about his voice, the way he projected it. And a thing that announcers had the knack of doing, and I think later on, because now we're talking more storyline-driven content that we're dealing with, was their emotion and their reaction to what's going on. Like, to be out of character, That's what's missing. quote, unquote, you know, sit there and say, Fans, I don't, I don't know what to say. You know, wait, like, wait, wait. You can't talk, about, you can't yeah. talk about emotion and all that without bringing up the great Jim Ross. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. He was Stone Cold's leader. He, he, was, he was a lot of people. He was the Stone Cold that Charles is to talk with Ziggler. Oh, God. <laughs> That's him. He's a lot closer than I am. <laughs> Just because he was, he was... But see, the thing about Jim Ross, he was a friend and a fan. 
You gotta yes. be both. Cause he'd be the one. Remember that guy's just a jerk off. Then you were like, you tell him, yeah. yeah. But he yeah, also brought yeah, yeah. Foley. Yeah. Yeah. His, his his interviews with Mick Foley really helped his career as well. Jim Ross was great. Mm -hmm. was great. And they're like, business is about to pick up, and this, that, and the other, and so forth and so on. And let's be honest, who didn't feel right. for Jim when he went through his medical thing? Yeah. Right. Everybody always got to bring up people's ailments. But anyway. Jim went through his medical thing, and he went through the whole so forth and so on. And, and they just treated him like garbage. And they treated him like garbage, and you were like, you know what? No, you can't do that. He, he should be there right now. For someone that dealt with, and, and he, he, he suffered from Bell palsy, and it, he had to have certain surgeries done to uh, allow for him to, to be able to speak more clearly and stuff like that. And he is not the same voice. No. As he was back in the UWF. Right. And the only WCW. Mm -hmm. But still good. And the other day, I was watching um, New Japan. New Japan, mm -hmm. uh, where he taped a lot of stuff last year. A lot of the New Japan being shown now is from last year. Right. Um, to hear him on there uh, with Mark Bennett, who is horrible in the mic. <laughs> the, the guy's a huge guy that's, who's a lot of knowledge. And that's where it stops. He has no personality. He's like Mark Lawrence. <laughs> you know, in a sense to me. God, he's going to come after you. Oh, my God. I'm gonna get the, the guy's still alive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but it was so refreshing to, to hear JR calling something, first of all, calling something non-WWE. Mm -hmm. First of all, it was just so refreshing. Allowing him to be JR. Yeah. And allowing him to be JR. And, you know, it, JR is another one that went through, he started off as a referee. Then he did the announcing and stuff like that. You know, he paid dues like everybody else back then, you know. But he's the first one that referred to a backdrop as a high elevation. Yes. You know? Yes. And 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 and, and I'm watching it for the first time and I'm hearing him commentate. And I'm looking and saying, what, what did he do? Did I miss the move? And I'm like, oh no, he meant the back body drop. And then he said, high elevation. Oh, that's what he calls it. Okay. And then I'm listening more and more. And I think back then, he was by himself. Mm -hmm. He didn't have a, a broadcast partner mm -hmm. in Billy Bob's, Texas, or wherever that was. Right. In the Mickey Gilly Arena or it was <laughs> filmed in. Um, Mickey Gilly Arena. That's what it was. Mid-South, yeah. UWF, man. Wow, man. You know, Memories. I, yeah. yeah. You say, yeah. Uh, say, Jim Ross, do what you're doing, bro. We miss you. For real, yes. there you go. Real now he's, I, I read he's going to be doing boxing uh, now. Uh, and A real slobber doctor. Now. Yes. You know, sorry. And, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I had to. You know, um, and one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. Yeah, yeah. My favorite line. But, you know, it, it's one of those things <laughs> where a good commentator can go anywhere. Tony Schiavone does baseball. Mm -hmm. It's a love of his yeah. and he does baseball. He always loved baseball. Yeah, and he knows it, so obviously he's good. And to hear him, and I heard him... Uh, I think I was listening, uh, it was once again the Ross report, I was listening to Jim Ross and he was talking to Tony Schiavone and man did I miss that voice. I gotta say, like, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, so if I wish you would just come back for something. Just is there something. passion? You know, and so when you start calling Richard Wrestling, is your passion, dude. Passion. Pit right in. Passion. Me and my partner Dolph Ziggler, Gregory, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler Gregory. Um, <laughs> 
But there's so many. There's so many announcers out there. I ain't talking to you no more. Don't say that. I'm tired. There's so many announcers out there, and the thing is, uh, they tell the story. You know, it's I watch them, and I have trouble. I guess maybe as a fan, I'm having trouble hearing them relate to certain things because they'll they'll mention stuff. Yeah, but they had no yeah, they, they weren't there. They weren't there. Yeah, and I'm, and that's what I'm thinking. Like they yeah. they a lot of times if you watch the pay per views, yeah, they have that pre show yeah. and the only legend there is Booker T. And then he's got the, the one girl off to his right, Renee. And then he's got he had Saxon yeah. and the other Corey Graves. Uh, Corey Graves mm -hmm. off to him. And I'm like, really, the three of them could leave and let Booker T do it by right. himself. So. Because he's really the only one that respectfully has clout to talk about what he's talking about. I don't want to disrespect them in saying, you know, you're going in there and you don't know what you're talking about. But I think we grew up saying that the announcers that we have are not just professional announcers. Well, we grew up with that. But they, the, the new generation is growing up with the, not well, talking about the moves, they're talking about the main event. So for the, the next product they're trying right, to hop. The next, yes. the, next, the next event, the next special. So yeah, you're talking. Um, right. We love it. We're in our forties, uh, our you know late thirties for <coughs> for one of us. Um, but, but we love we we grew up with that, and there's a whole new generation of fans who are growing up with the modern stuff. And we touched base upon this a few episodes ago with that microwave uh, satisfaction, mm -hmm. you know, that, that yeah. Twitter, that microwave Facebook, society, that man. instant instant gratification, and. They, they need the younger faces, I get it. We want the Jim Rosses, but they want the Byrons. And I, I get it. That's evolution, baby. But the fact is, is that there is still a lot that the older guys can do. But, Grant, your final thought. Look, man, I, I agree with everybody. You know what I'm saying? Okay, good. Because, let's be honest. <laughs> it's the first time. Let's be honest. Fantastic. You need the older guys to help train the younger guys. It's what it's, what it's all about. Because... We as veteran wrestlers are here to help the rookies become more savvy about the business and work it up. Veteran announcers are supposed to be there to help the rookies become more savvy about it. It's in wrestling, football, baseball, everything. You have the vets help bring up the rookies to the point where they're just as good, if not better, at maneuvering through right. the world of sports. Yeah. I mean, I think on my end, uh, once again, I'm always going to go back to Shivani. You know, the man for 30-something years called wrestling for me. And, and it was one of those things where I grew accustomed to it. And I guess a lot of that could be accustomed, being accustomed yeah. to what we know and what we like and stuff like that. Um, but I, there's a knowledge base that I respect out of it. Um, and going back to what you guys were saying about pushing the product versus being in wrestling, I think it, it's the difference of wrestling versus the product mm -hmm. that you just have any announcer, any model, anybody that's a, an ad person, you know, uh, come in here and promote this, you know, and that's kind of like what they're doing, almost like shooting commercials, mm -hmm. uh, rather than being someone that's in, I mean, I would love to hear someone that did indie wrestling, you know, and knows these moves for real, and aren't just someone that's going to go on script. It's announced, and then there's play-by-play, -play, and, and there's no more play-by-play. -play. And I just, and I want slow motion 
just want to throw that in there. That was my thing. Can I just say real, real quick before we go to Charles, we had gone through this show without mentioning Mike Tanay, the professor, who was, I mean, he put, yeah. he helped put TNA on the map, as far as I'm concerned, with uh, a lot of the younger talents that I wasn't aware of, you know, at the time, NWA yes. TNA did their, their weekly pay-per-views, and Mike Tanay really brought that, um, you know, the history and the, who these guys were as we're spending our $10 a week watching the, the, the program, so I wanted to throw that out there real quick. And there's other guys out there, too, real quick, I mean, I, you keep... I don't want to steal any of his thunder, but then you got shut guys up. like Scott. Give it to him. <laughs> Let him say what he got to say. Scott Hudson, Jeremy Borash. Um, you know, there's a number of different guys out there that were the Moon lower rank. Yeah, they were like lower rank. They weren't the top star announcer. Rib eating Jim. But had great riches. <laughs> Since we're out of time and he's taking it off, don't touch me. <laughs> don't touch me. Don't touch me. Jim Ross, thank you. Booker T, thank you. JBL, thank you. Bite me dead. That's all I got to say right now. What's the you at the matches? <laughs> For Mr. Ziggler, LeGrand <laughs> Jackson, and Mark Lindsay, I'm Dane J. Till next time, we'll see you at the match. Goodbye, everybody. The microphone is <laughs>